and we are recording and you're welcome to a new canary cast it's the 8th of march happy international women's day everybody uh, and so we've got three women today to listen to hopefully you'll stick with us i'm cleo flynn uh janet is the, my co-presenter my partner in crime she's up in the mountains hi janet hello everybody hello cleo and hello maria Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Canarycast, Maria. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, well, I'm half French, half Spanish. Um, my mum is uh, my Spanish side. Um, and on her mother's side, she's Canarian. She is the sole, um, <laughs> how do I say it? She, she lives in Casa Fuerte. So Go. she inherited Casa Fuerte. Um, and she's been spending more and more time here. So we've recently moved out here and are living here too. Casa Fuerte, for people who need reminding, is the Adeje Fort House. And it is just at the top of where the new car park has been built with the big cannon in front. Now, I didn't know that there was actually a part of that that was livable in. But obviously your yeah. mum's been living there. Yeah, well, it wasn't livable when we first arrived, but um, there was a, an apartment there that um, you could tell had been lived in. So my mum just did the necessary, um, you know, uh, work so that she could live there in the apartment section. OK, great. And listen, you so you say you've moved from the UK um, in a Brexit time. What are the main differences <laughs> that you're seeing in your life now, having come from the UK with your husband to back to the Canaries? Uh, well, the climate, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, we love it. we love being in the sun. My my husband's Cuban and he loves the sun too. Um, so I guess the main difference for us is like the pace of life. Uh, it's so much. Everything's so much slower here um, than living in London, where I lived for thirty years. Um, so in a way, it's frustrating sometimes not getting everything done when we want to get it done. But it's quite nice, actually, to be able to take it easy and just do things at a slower pace. It must seem extremely <laughs> unusual because you come from London. You're a young woman. You come from London. As you say, it's a very different pace of life here. But you're living in one of the oldest buildings, I think, in a decade that dates back hundreds of years. How does that feel? Do you feel like you've been suddenly transported into a, into a different <laughs> universe, never mind a different world? Yeah, well, it's funny because, yeah, it's almost 600 years old. It's, it's one of the oldest buildings in Tenerife. And, well, we don't live there now. But um, we did uh, live there during the lockdown <laughs> because we'd just arrived, we actually moved here beginning of wow. Yeah, and then 10 <laughs> days later, it was national lockdown. And so the works on our house had to pause. And so we were in, in Casa Fuerte. It was really nice, actually. Um, but it was, it was actually like being taken back into the past. So it felt like we travelled back in time, we're like walking around the grounds, looking up you know, looking out for the from the tower. <laughs> and actually when everyone was clapping for um, you know, the doctors and nurses and we would actually go up on the tower and clap. <laughs> oh that's <laughs> wonderful. Son. Yeah, who was just turning one at the time. It was it, yeah, it was it was magical actually being there during that time. But now we don't live there. My mum lives there, but we, we live just around the corner in, in the Calle Grande. Oh, but surely there are family stories from generations gone by that have been handed down. Uh, I mean, do you have stories from the past? Does your mum have stories from the past about the fort house? Well, it's all a bit of a mystery because um, 
Well, we didn't know much. My mum just, you know, she inherited it. So we came to see. This was about eight, nine years ago now. And it was all, it was very dusty and it was, you know, completely inhabited. Um, and we kind of started rummaging around and found a dusty old box with the tomato labels from when the tomato factory um, had been there. And that's my mum's part of the family. Um, so... You know, we've been discovering things bit by bit and talking to people around the day because everyone here seems to be connected to the to the fruit packing factory, either them or their parents or family members or friends worked there. So it's been really nice just discovering things um, bit by bit. But it is still quite a bit of a mystery because everything that is talked about and documented is actually from the beginnings of the fort when it was first built, but not from my mum, you know, from my mum's family. So so there's like all... a gap, a mysterious gap in the history. Absolutely, there is a bit of a gap. And actually, my mum um, asked um, uh, a very famous writer, Daniel Pulido, to write a book about Casa Fuerte. So we've actually published um, two books. One is in English. It's just an introduction to Casa Fuerte, not so detailed. And then the one in Spanish, where they've done an immense amount of research um, into especially into that gap, which is what my mum wanted to find out. So even though it covers the whole of Casa Fuerte, there is a chapter on the, to the fruit packing time, um, the factory time. So that's really interesting. Oh, I mean, I because of the work I've done with the council, I've sometimes been with um, guided tours around the back of the Casa Fuerte and I'm doing the English translation. And it's because there are guanche symbols and some yeah, of the words. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's also, I mean, there's stories of dukes and marqueses and slaves. Yeah, and so, so I mean, many people. There's a film, there's like three or four films to be written there. You know, adventure movies could be written just around the Casa Fuerte, around your house. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, and it's huge. It's actually huge. A lot of it was destroyed by the last fire in 1902. But, um, you know, there's still so much, so much left and so much to, to see. Maria, are you selling the book in something we haven't yet mentioned? Because not, <laughs> only, not only is there a house with, with an incredible history, but there's also a shop, isn't there? Yes, so we have literally just opened the shop a few weeks ago. It's just opposite the Canon, so just by the Casa Fuerte. It's tiny at the moment. Um, we have some souvenirs, um, things that we've kind of reproduced that were found in the Casa Fuerte that we've reproduced at miniature levels. Um, we've got also the regular key rings and pencils and stuff. And then we've also got the two books that we're selling. As I said, one's in English. Um, and the other ones in Spanish, and we've got um, we've made tea towels with the tomato labels and the chopping oh, board with the tomato labels. <laughs> yeah, we've got really nice stuff. So I hope people will, will come, you know, come by and visit. I said it's a tiny shop at the moment, um, but I hope um, they will stop by. And um, we're doing weekly visits to the Casa Fuerte. So if people are interested in visiting Casa Fuerte, um, you know, then they should please, please, please stop by the shop um, and pay us a visit. What are your opening hours, Maria? When can people drop up? So at the moment, it's 10 to 12, uh, Monday to Friday. And then on Wednesdays and Thursdays, we're also open 3 to 5. Okay, so 10 to 12 and 3 to 5. Well, that is that sounds amazing. I love, I, I'm a tea towel person. I love tea towels. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so I could, I could, maybe Mother's Day is coming up. I'll tell the daughter what to get me for Mother's Day. <laughs> Yeah, we've got two different um, designs, one with all the tomato labels and one with actually um, 
the actual packaging paper that we found, we, there was only one sheet, one dust gel sheet that we managed to scan. So we recreated that paper into the tea towel and its glove. And its oven oh, glove. that's a wonderful idea. I'm going to pop up and have <laughs> yes. a look. That's definitely. Please, please, please do. Okay. Well, yeah, we basically, we just want, you know, to revive Casapuerta because it's, it's been dormant for so long, for 50 years or so. And we just want, you know, to, for people to come and, and see us and visit it. Brilliant. But you know, this is this is really significant and to me very important right now because the islands are looking at a way to reinvent themselves in, in a way because tourism in the future is likely to change in ways that perhaps we haven't yet um, fully identified. Absolutely. Um, so there is a there is a great deal of interest in niche tourism and things like the history of your family home where, as you say, there were people working in food packing plants. Yes. This is all the sort of thing that all the authorities now are trying to feed into because it produces a real meaningful experience. People come here. They don't want to sit around a pool maybe for 24 hours a day. Exactly. Their holiday. They actually want to go and experience something real. And what you've got there is, well, as you say, it's one of it's the in Tenerife it's it's a fantastic experience and so close to where all the tourists are going to be as well I wish you the very best of luck with it yes thank you so so much and thanks for having me thank you listen just while before we say goodbye to Maria can I say to anybody who's watching I mean Maria got in touch with us and we were delighted to invite her on to the 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 podcast so if there are other businesses out there who you know feel they've something particular to bring to Canary Cast just let us know um, Maria, you're a pioneer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I, I hope you both pop in as well. Oh, definitely. Will. I'm only down the road, so I'll be up soon. Don't worry. Okay. I'll brilliant. see you during the week. All right. We're going to say goodbye to Maria and Janet and I are going to keep going and talk about a couple of political items. Um, so for now, Maria, thank you so much. And good luck with the shop. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Bye. Maria. Bye-bye. Bye. Janet. Janet, Janet, yes. it is it is International Women's Day, and I can now tell you what I couldn't tell you last week, um, that the the Abinke Prize, if people people might remember this if they've lived on the island for more than a year, every year Adeje gives a prize to an individual or a group of people who have done something particularly special in the field of equality or community equality or caring for the community. And this year it is going to all of the women in the Adeje Health Service. That so that's marvellous. That's doctors, but it's also nurses. It is lab technicians. It's cleaners in the health centres who have worked through this pandemic and we've just we're about to upload a video as well which I've translated and when you think about it I mean all of them even the head of the the clinic has, was saying like when this began a year ago we didn't know what we were dealing with either and we had families at home but we had to go to work for more hours than we normally would and just put on our gloves put on our masks and hope to god that we were getting it right um, and I'm delighted that that is the group that is being awarded with the prize today. I think it's a fantastic award. And it's like we were saying last week with the staff at the Hotel H10, which has just been awarded a medal by the council. Because when these people were, when we were all going through this a year ago, none of us knew, as you say. We didn't know what we were dealing with. Nobody did. Didn't know how long it was going to go on for. Didn't know quite how perilous it was just to be out and about. 
And particularly people, I think, they're, they're so often forgotten, aren't they? People who do the jobs that keep everything else going. Yeah. The, the people behind the scenes. The receptionists and in the health centre too, who probably were probably yeah. bearing the brunt of people who were frightened, who were scared, who were angry, who were confused. And, and yeah. they were the ones who had to actually filter those patients through to the nurses and the doctors. They rarely get thought about. Exactly. And imagine the cleaners who nobody sees, even when they're walking through these places with their gloves on and their trolleys behind them or, you know, with their mop in their hand. People just don't see them. Mm. And yet they were cleaning in places where you think probably there's going to be more chance of catching an infection there than anywhere else. And that's where they're cleaning. Yeah. And to me, I, I would give each of them a gold medal. Yeah. Anybody was cleaning yeah. anything like that. As you say, receptionists as well, dealing with people who are feared, uh, are frightened. And to some extent, we get angry when we get frightened. And that's understandable. Yeah. But Especially if we're in that, a foreign country, maybe. Uh, and exactly. were possibly sick as well. I mean, they would have had to have dealt with every single person who was presenting with COVID as well as those yeah. who weren't sure. So, you know, I'm just delighted that um, that they are the ones being mentioned and awarded today. So I think that they, that they, was very good. Decky gets it right so often with these awards. Um, some of the awards they've made in recent years, you think, yeah, you, you couldn't have got it any better. I'm thinking of people like Brigitte. Yeah, and, or Andrea. Uh, one, uh, or exactly the, the, the or the girl who was the know? surfboarder yep yep so um, yeah they do I mean they haven't they, we they haven't got nice. it yet will we get it will we ask we'll for it Janet <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to I think we might be waiting listen Janet Hans come NBE we'll just have to wait and see <laughs> um, the other bit of news I have um, because we're going to issue a press release tomorrow last Friday People hopefully will be glad to hear that we had a sit down meeting with Helen Keating and Mary Suarez from the British Consulate and Adolfo, who is the tourism councillor, Danny, who is the councillor for citizen participation and Mercedes, who is social welfare, community welfare. Um, And both sides wanted to have this meeting. And it was an hour of very concrete talk about what needs to be done for this meeting was more or less dealing with people who have had Brexit related problems, whether it's not being able to get on the Padron, not being able to get a travel certificate in Adeje, whereas maybe they can in Arona, um, yes. people who are pensioners but can't return home. Maybe they're swallows and they're worried about not being able to return home before March 31st. All of the problems were laid on the table. And already, you know, people decisions are being taken as to how we move ahead how we solve the issue of travel certificates how we solve the issue of people who may be very vulnerable in terms of money but aren't registered Um, and the council have committed to working with the consulate so the council the Aleka council committed to working with the with the British consul and consular offices on looking for solutions to all of these Um, and already in fact um, with age in Spain which obviously isn't the council, but it's a related body. They are going to hold two days in the new centre for, it used to be called the School of Security. It's now the Centre for Participation. Uh, um, So Deepika, our friend Deepika, 
on the 18th and the 25th of March is going to hold a series of one-on-one meetings with pensioners who have issues, who have problems with registration. Uh, and she's going, to, she's going to be kind of announcing that soon so people can make appointments. But Adeki have given her the centre to do that. And that's the kind that's of cooperation that I like. Yeah, and if I, if I can help in any way to move that along, I'm more than happy to do it. Oh, God, yes, Helma. It's to some extent, there are problems that we knew were coming and which we always knew would be definitive. They were never going to have a resolution. That was it. A bit like the 90 days. It's the Schengen area rule. Well, all the talk beforehand, we knew it was going to be 90 days because it's a Schengen area rule. Yeah. Um, but there are other things like, for example, like you mentioned, the viaje, the residence certificate to travel because it's an EU discount. With a discount, yeah. It's an EU disc it's an EU funded discount. And it is already clear that different councils are interpreting yeah. this rather differently. Now that's a different category of problem. There are solutions to that. Yeah, and but I mean it was literally people. a matter of bringing it to their attention. Exactly. I mean they were so open to saying, okay, well I know how to talk we talk to these people and we hopefully can get that sorted soon. Uh, and it was lovely to see the very open level of of how can we help yeah how can we help in this if you know what I mean uh, on both yeah. sides it was right how can we move forward together and help everybody um, I mean I, we I, are, we're a microcosm of what the EU and the UK might aspire to right now <laughs> cooperation yeah. in moving forwards because there are problems that need to be addressed and solutions found where they can be found and really it all comes down to good open-hearted communication with trust yeah and it's marvelous to see that happening even on such a little local level it might all be going to pot at the top but at least we know that in in the consulate here and with the councils around the canaries i imagine as not just a decade but in this particular case today here, at least they are working together, as you say, openly and practically looking for solutions. And that was very much what happened. I mean, as I said, so in, in some areas, it was like already has moved on from political to practical, um, because these things always begin with with kind of political overtones, if you like. Of course. They but do. the council said, right, well, so we need to get, you know, the head of this department to talk to the head of that department. We need to get the technical side, say even even the computer program, because quite often yeah. you'll find that it's a computer program that won't let you process an application because somebody's status has changed. So that exactly that's often the case. Yes. So they promised the to already move into that kind of administrative, technical, okay. practical way of dealing with the problems. And um, so I'm really hopeful that we can move on that very, very quickly. I know one of the big problems has been travel certs. And and I think, I mean, obviously for people, I would say to maybe British residents, to, and most people do, but to just remember that for the people who are working in the Ayuntamiento of Adeje, they are not watching the news about Brexit every single day. They're, they just do what they're told and they follow instructions that come from the regional government or come from Madrid and they can't change those decisions arbitrarily and and they're sitting at a computer and as you say that if the box we we all know how frustrating it is you're sitting at your computer and you want to do something and somebody says well if you want to do this you need to tick that box and then you look and the box is grayed out 
and you yeah. can't tick it because the box just doesn't let you tick it. Yeah. And we know how frustrating that is. Imagine sitting at a desk with the public in front of you wanting to do anything you can to help and you physically cannot do it. Yeah. And I would just repeat that although, yeah, people are looking at doing this as quickly as possible, people shouldn't hear those words and interpret them to mean tomorrow. Yeah. Because yeah, exactly. very often right now, this will happen soon. It's interpreted within days as, has this happened already? No, we're talking mm. a little while longer than yeah. a few days. Yeah. And this situation, let's be frank, is not really going anywhere this year, is it? I mean, we'd be lucky to get a summer season back again exactly. this year. That's what they're working towards. But if that happens, even to 50% of last year, people will consider themselves very fortunate indeed. indeed. So to anybody expecting a rapid answer on anything, including when am I going to get my vaccine? The answer is always for the moment, just hold, just hold your horses yeah. and just wait. And when yeah. there is information, believe you me, you will receive so much of it, you'll wish we'd shut up. <laughs> and I mean, just, we'll have it and we'll, and we'll, ram it, we'll be bombarding you with it. Exactly. exactly and i mean i suppose you won't miss it the good news if you saw last friday excel tour which is the spanish tourism body independent from government um named adeje as the number one competitive sun and sea destination throughout spain now take that there's a the grain of salt is that the data used to uh, rank all of the destinations was just prior to lockdown but what it does yes. do is it places Adek in a very good position to be ready to recover and to move ahead in tourism. When I think, I mean, they are now looking to one of the things that was mentioned at the meeting was applause for the level of vaccination in the UK, because that has a direct bearing on tourism here. Of course. You know, of so course. that there is a hope that come May or June if all goes according to Boris's plan, that, you know, people will begin to be able to return here on holidays. Um, and the, the, the council and the, the destination is working to make sure that the place is ready to receive them. And they are already working on, on kind of wider plans to bring in quality control and quality control stamps so that people will know, you know, that a, a shop or a hotel or even a taxi is following health procedures to give people that extra level of security when they come here on holiday. Now, I don't have the details of that, but I know it's in train and I think that's excellent. I, yeah, as you say, it's all in train and it does plug in very, very nicely with what we were talking about with the Casa Fuerte and the regional government's recent announcement on Yaisa Castillo's recent announcement on completely reinventing, if you like, tourism to find a new way forward to tie into the past and the niche areas. And as you say, quality control stickers, it, all of this ties into the same sort of vibe that we now move forward and it is a different world and we have to yeah. have health safety and security as a major part of that. But so. we can move on with that in mind and look to the future. Look to the future. Indeed. Well, maybe we shall leave it there, Janet. Uh, a, a slightly truncated Canary cast, but um, uh, I think that having, having the Casa Forte on today was wonderful. And like, I love the idea, and I'm going to be going to see the shop. Oh, I am. I Like the tea towel's <laughs> practically in my bag already. <laughs> 
I like it. Ceramic stuff. I think she does some um, ceramic. Um, I don't know whether they're things like fridge magnets or coasters or Ooh, fridge or magnets. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm certainly going to go because I have a particular love of natural pottery. I really like that. So I, I just I'm like stuff. <laughs> I like stuff as well, actually. Yeah, you're right. Maybe stuff. that's how we, we get on so well. We're both <laughs> stuff fans. <laughs> All right. Well, I shall see you in the Casa Fuerte. Okay. Buying our stuff. <laughs> buying our stuff. And we'll have to make sure it doesn't overlap so we kind of know what to get each other for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Janet, uh, we'll talk to you next week. I've no idea who we're going to be talking to next week. We'll have to, you know, think of somebody new. And Or as we said, if anybody out there has something that they think might be of interest to the Canary cast audiences, please get in touch with us. Um, through and the Anchor FM site, you can leave a message or through Janet's page. Exactly. And as you say, we'll always talk to each other anyway, because we always do. <laughs> with or without our croissants and coffee. <laughs> All right, then, Janet, talk to you next week. Take care. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.